Hello, hello. Welcome to the Back Porch Podcast. I'm Corey Dempsey. And I'm Andrew Bean. This week, we are talking about the new movie, F9, The Fast Saga, and our favorite parts of the Fast and Furious franchise, a franchise that is very near and dear to our hearts. And to join us in that conversation is a man who lives his life a quarter mile at a time, Mike Kahn. What's going on, dude? I'm here for one last ride. <laughs> do you live your life a quarter mile at a God time? Goddamn right, I do. do. Okay. It does right. start at some time. That's why I was amazed that I was able to like text you. I think what was it Friday and be like, yeah, or no Wednesday even. We're doing a podcast this Sunday. Fast and the Furious is coming out. Also, do you want to go see the movie Sunday? So it worked yeah. out. It's also how I measure my time of like you know <laughs> like if a quarter mile at a time. I know exactly like oh a quarter miles when I get winded when I walk. So it's like I'm out of shape. That's a joke. <laughs> It's a good joke. And so we are going to get into this discussion. Really, there's only one beer that we could possibly drink. No, it is not a Belgian ale. Definitely not a Belgian ale. One and only Corona. Uh, Yeah. So when it comes to Fast and Furious, like like Corey said, it's not a Belgian ale. That might be a drink for Mr. Nobody. But what we had to do, it's the one and only. It's Corona. I don't usually drink Corona. You're missing out. But for, I guess... The purpose is for this movie to properly salute me familia. We can only do this with a corona. Micah, the one thing you brought up, so obviously, so Corey, you saw F9, the Fast Saga on... Work of Art. On uh, on Friday. (coughs) Micah and I just got back, today is Sunday is when we're recording this. Micah and I just got back from seeing a noon showing of it in an IMAX, which was nice. But you did point out, there is a part of this where Michael Rooker's character does offer Dom a Corona. And he doesn't take a single sip out of it. That's how you know Dom is serious, man. But like you said, it wasn't just a Corona. It's Corona Extra. What are we drinking right now? Corona Extra, I baby. know. So wait, does this still qualify? I mean, Dom didn't drink it. It's a I don't know, man. It's a quandary. It's a problem for us to figure out. Oh, well. All right. So where I want to start with this is, you know, the as I mentioned, the, the Fast and Furious franchise is very important to me. I, you know, first came to this movie when I was 13, 14 years old, right when it came out and... I was hooked pretty much instantly. And then I saw Too Fast, Too Furious and Tokyo Drift. And, you know, those didn't hit quite the same. So I was a little bit out on the franchise. I missed Fast and Furious, the fourth installment. And then I was hearing a ton about Fast Five. So I went to go see that. And then I've been very much in ever since. And so, you know, what I'm curious about from you guys, Beam, I know you just kind of got on this train after I incessantly bothered you about it. But <laughs> Micah, you know, how how did you come to the Fast franchise and how do you feel about it? Well, obviously, like, I've seen the first one and when I was a, when I was a child, I think, at this point, like 20 yeah. years ago? I don't even, I, wait, it came out 2001? 2001. Yeah, 2001. 20 years nine. of Fast and Furious. 20 years of Fast nine. and Furious. Yeah, I was nine when I, the first one came out. I didn't really get back into it till Fast Five. I'll be honest with you. Like I watched, I watched all of them. Don't get me wrong. I've seen like Too Fast, Too Furious. I've seen Tokyo Drift, and I've seen Fast and the Furious. Uh, Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious. That's the fourth one. Yeah. yeah. 
But I kind of fell off of it. And then I went to go, just because I'm, I'm the worst, I went to go see Fast Five. And when I watched it, I was like, what's happening here? Yep. What's happening to me right now? Because I liked it a lot. And, and, and it wasn't just like I watched it and I was like, yeah, Fast and the Furious. I was like, this is good. And then I got to Fast and the Furious 6 and I was like, why is this getting better? <laughs> and, then, and then Fast and the Furious 7 happened and I'm like, my familia. <laughs> no one hurts my family. Why are you coming after my family? And then Fast and the Furious 8 came out. And I was like, why did you betray my family? Why, <laughs> what are you what doing are you, to your own? What are you doing to my family? Why Why is our patriarch, why is he taking down our family? And then Fast and the Furious 9 came out. I'm like, you got to forgive your family. I think we've gone through pretty much all of those emotions. I did, that, that is the one thing that is fascinating about this franchise is that it, it covers all of that. Yeah. The I strong can, bond and yeah, the betrayal. Yeah. I mean, they use, I mean, they use family more than they use the word force in Star Wars. But <laughs> I don't have friends. I got family. I have family. Yeah, they said family so many times so in Fast and Furious Nine too. But I'm not, I, so I many think, times. Like, I don't hate it. I don't hate any of it. I just think like, what other what other IP out there, man, that is original does this? Like, There's I, nothing. What do you got? You got you literally have the Fast and the Furious competing with Marvel movies. Like that's that's the only competition these movies have. Currently, mission, yes. the Mission Impossible series too. I mean, those movies are great, and I think they cover a lot of the similar themes with like the spy stuff going on and yeah. like the hacking and so on. See, I, didn't and I really like the Mission Impossible because they're they're like very spaced out between coming out. True, yeah, but even something like Mission Impossible, it doesn't have the same feel to it. Like, I don't feel anything for those characters. I'm just there for like watching cool shit, and they they nail that. They really do, but like. I could give a shit about most of the characters in that. Like, I love hanging out with the dudes and girls in the Fast franchise. I, I just, like, give me two and a half hours with them. I love it every single time. I agree. Yeah, 100%. I'm like, it's my family. That's, that's all I got. That's all I got for you. Yeah. I'm still so, reeling off the fact that, like, Fast and the Furious 9 was really fucking good. Well, we'll, we'll get into that. I will, I will say, though, just in terms of my relationship, as, Corey, you mentioned... I, it did take a bit of arm twisting to ever get me to to rewatch these because I watched I watched the first one in theaters, I saw the second one, didn't really like it. I still kind of that one's a little bit more the most blurry for me in terms of plots that I can remember. Uh, and then obviously I saw Tokyo Drift in college, and then I, just after that I was just like I, they're not even in this one. I don't care. And then I just stopped and then obviously came back to watching this. I think I picked up, I think I just watched them in order again. I, earlier this year, I did a rewatch. I think I watched them all within a week, like once in the morning, wow. one at night, um, depending. And I got sucked in. Like, and I, I totally was now understanding the conversations about why people love this film franchise so much, you know. Uh, why the one of the particular uh, fat uh, one of the particular movies in the Fast Saga is highly regarded as possibly one of the best action movies of all time? Uh, I understood that and understand that. You know, I always wrote it off as a joke, um, but I think there's a lot to be said where, you know, when it comes to the highest grossing, you know, films or film franchises at the box office. It's at number... The Fast and Furious franchise is at number... This is according to a CNBC article from earlier this year in January. It is in seventh with $5.9 billion 
and like right after it is like fucking X-Men, Spider-Man, I mean James Bond right, you know, at, at fourth, fucking Harry Potter at third, Star Wars at two, and the Marvel Marvel Cinematic Universe at one. And like at that too with the Marvel C- Cinematic Universe, yeah. you got to think about they have just have a ton of fucking movies where this has well, I guess what? Is there we had a we're at 10, 10. now essentially. Yeah. And the other big thing is like Micah mentioned this before. Like, this is an original story. All those other things. Yeah. You don't know. And that was no. that was part of the point I was trying to make. That yeah. this is this is an original storyline. This is nothing. not drawing they're from any other IP. Everything. Yeah, they're going off of nothing. Right. I mean, what is it? I forget who the, who's the writer of the original Fast and Furious. Oh. Uh, I know the director is Rob Cohen. I'm not sure if he wrote it too. So, in terms of, I, I mean, and shout out to the Ringer, um, or at least the podcast, the Rewatchables. I know Shea Serrano and Bill Simmons. I think in the first one about the Fast and the Furious, that this is based off of like a Vibe article, if I remember correctly, right? Yeah, it's it's based off an article about illegal street racing happening in L.A. And then based on this article, they just wrote this movie, and then they just blew it out from there. And I think you know who who deserves a lot of credit for like taking this kind of contained story and then blowing it out is Justin Lin who took right. over in the third movie. And he was like, Oh, let's go over to Japan and see what's happening there. And I don't like Tokyo drift all that much, but like he had the vision to like take it outside of, you know, the United States and make it international. And then it turns into this whole like international spy thriller heist thing that it is now and now we're fucking going to space so like they've blown it out entirely and i think justin lynn deserves a lot of credit for that part but like the original story was was like you said beam just it's it's based off of like true to life a reporting thing that happened in a magazine that, that was basically it yeah it's it's absolutely absurd i again i will never say that i was a hater i was not a believer Okay. Does that make sense? Right? Fair, yeah. I am in. Those are very different things. I I, I, I get am, you. My wife is probably looking at me differently. I got to assume at this stage, with the amount of time I've spent like research and talking about watching movies, uh, to this degree, I know my coworkers and friends are just like, "Can you just shut the fuck up about Fast and Furious? <laughs> like, can you just please stop?" And I'm just like, I'm trying to dissect all the different relationships, the timeline of how in the fuck is Elena pregnant for what seemingly felt like forever, and how is she still able to land off of like a several story building on the rock, who lands on a car to break their fall, yet still carry a baby. Baby to term, I've got questions. Listen, that's Dominic Toretto's baby. I you understand. <laughs> that, that is a super fucking fetus. <laughs> that baby has a reinforced chassis. <laughs> <laughs> Same can be said for Brian O'Connor's kid because me is jumping through fucking favela roofs Bro, and right. then at the end is like, oh wait, by the way, I'm pregnant. Like, okay. Yeah, that was the best time to tell you after we had this whole chase thing. <laughs> <laughs> now we're at F9. We just all saw that movie. What do we think? Um, this is the first movie I went back to the theaters to see. So I'm like, what an experience to like. This is my first one back yeah. after this pandemic too. Corey, I know it's not your first, right? Yeah, I went to go see A Quiet Place Part 2. That was my first one back and I really, really enjoyed it. But this was my first time back with like IMAX, the yeah. full on, you know, yeah. experience. I bought my tickets like two weeks in advance like front and center middle like it, i just picked it all out i was so ready i did text uh michael i was like do we do we buy them ahead of time and it was a good idea because i, I think our seating was perfect and someone else would have taken them yeah absolutely. yeah actually in terms of like post-pandemic stuff where i think people are acting acting a bit crazy out there yeah people are wilding out 
And I think it couldn't have been more of a perfect moment. I feel bad because Micah had to sit next to this gentleman. Uh, talk throughout the entire film while vaping. Yeah. Uh, the guy sitting next to us. Yeah, which yeah. just felt so 2021 post-pandemic at this stage. And and every, every, you know, it's really funny because he kept yelling that he is Dominic Toretto. <laughs> and he came in because he was wearing a sleeveless. He came in with a sleeveless shirt on, and then um, he's like, he, he, first of all, he worn. got really angry at me for not wearing a, a sleeveless shirt. He did. He well, got it. He took it. Like, You're not a real Fast and the Furious fan. That was our experience. Yeah, that was good. and I still Otherwise, loved every still, second of it. It was an amazing movie. I loved every minute of it. I will say that much. I, there were moments where I was just like, I, with every every Fast and the Furious movie, where you're like, uh, okay, but then you're like. Fuck man, that that movie spends so much time and like like going <laughs> going ninety miles per hour. That you don't even fucking care. They had some threads that they really needed to tie up in certain points of it, and somehow for me they did. But I don't know. I thought it worked on a lot of different levels. It didn't seem okay. No, there were parts of it that were too outrageous. But Corey, overall, what were your feelings? I mean, I had a great time watching this movie, as I do with every single Fast and Furious. Like I am incapable of disliking any fast and furious movie as far as like the fast franchise goes this is probably near the bottom you know i found myself okay a lot of times finding myself being like okay that was silly whereas normally i'm like that was fucking sweet elaborate what was silly is there a scene you can tell us that you thought was the most silly without giving too much away there's a scene where dom um confronts his brother jacob and they're in this kind of underground lair and that whole like kind of fake emotional catharsis that they were apparently supposed to be going through i was just like i just put my head in my hands i was like okay i fine whatever uh just get to the next part and then catharsis there was none (laughs) i know and but they were like seemingly trying to go for it where they were trying to understand one another and i was like eh just get me to the next scene and so there were a bunch of places where it was like that but like at the same time there's an equal number of parts where I was like, okay, that was cool. Like there's one getaway scene where a bridge falls out and they have to cross this huge ravine and the way that they do it is pretty fucking epic. So like that was super cool. There's a part where they basically take like the dark night scene where they flip the 18 wheeler and they're like, Oh, let's put a person underneath that and make them escape. That would be super fucking cool. And it was super fucking cool. They did the Bane fight too. (laughs) 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 The first thing I thought of was, ah, you will make darkness. That's the first thing I thought of that whole scene. I live in the darkness. Yeah. Yeah, I can I can see that to a degree. What I will say is I actually really enjoyed the storyline with Jacob, yeah. uh, Dom's brother, because I think you needed that part that you mentioned because of the way it arced. I think of the way that it worked out. Um, there were maybe some parts. I'd have to rewatch it. I feel like you could have trimmed some fat on this one, um, some of the fat on this one quite a bit. The scene that you're mentioning, though, where the rope bridge goes out, I, maybe I don't know which one because they both, there were a couple of them that were in peril. It was at least the second one where I went, I don't know about that uh with dom and letty yeah yeah with dom and letty i was like but, how yeah. exactly did you work that one out i'm just saying with with that scene mm-hmm. i think we're starting to see the seams unravel because the only person that was in the right movie was roman so, i so this is going to be my next point i think the mvp of this movie was roman right and i think roman is the person going through the real movie here <laughs> because i think he's going through, he's going through his own 
Matrix pre- prequel. He's in a, he, he just realized he's in a simulation. <laughs> the funniest part of this movie for me wasn't the movie. It was when clearly, you know, it's Tyrese or it's, it's Roman completely breaking the fourth wall like over and over and over. Like he was in his own movie is the way we talked about. Yeah. It was just Micah exclaiming out loud in the theater. Oh, he's in his own simulation theory. And I just started cracking up. The only thing that could happen after this is, and this is this is something that I've joked about a, a bunch of times, is that I want to direct a Fast and the Furious movie, obviously. I There's also an actor that I really want to work with in my, in my lifetime, and that's Kathy Bates. And I want <laughs> Kathy Bates to come in as an interdimensional space racer. Oh, my God. <laughs> Listen, if Helen Mirren can be in this movie, Kathy Bates can join us as an interdimensional space racer. Oh, I think you're right. I mean, it's gotten to the point where it's like so outrageous that you have to have characters basically speaking to the camera. And, you know, after that scene where Letty and Dom jump that huge ravine, she just looks at the camera and goes, well, that was new. And so you have to have these moments where they're being self-referential and like acknowledging, okay, we're getting a bit ridiculous, Dude, but just bear with us here. I mean, I guess you could slowly- say to a degree they Ba- they, they banged you over the head with it a bit but I thought it was almost know, necessary because that- of how ridiculous they're like hey we're about to send you into space this time around <laughs> um, so we at least got to acknowledge how absurd this is especially like what they did in space it's kind of like how did you survive that moment but Listen, here we are slowly they're going to start shedding the facade and realize that they're just old gods in human bodies it just, it just, Tej, uh, sorry, Roman is the first person just to realize it. Okay, so there was a part of this where when we started watching this, obviously in the trailers, one of the trailers, and we, this is really as a service to the rest of you, maybe I was just way too high for this moment, but <laughs> they had the Jurassic Park trailer started, and we started cracking jokes like, oh, is this where they're going to do the crossover? Because everyone's been hearing the rumors about it being a crossover. But then it just kept going, and it kind of felt like we were in the beginning of the Jurassic Park movie, and Micah says out loud, are we in the wrong movie? And my high brain was just like, shit, maybe we are. Did I just take a left turn and just confidently walk into the theater? And then I'm just, like, going through my phone. I'm like, oh, good. It doesn't come out until 2022. (laughs) I I had the same reaction. I was like, oh, my God, are they going back 65 million years to start this movie? (laughs) Like, they did it in Armageddon, too, where they just started, like, and then they just fast-forwarded, and they're, like, 65 million years later. And I was like, is this what we're doing in Fast 9? Because I'm fucking here for it. It's it's the moment where they did the 65 million years later. That's when I was like, ah, oh, it's a trailer. Because they did the Jurassic World font. Yeah, yeah, it was the it was the yeah, font that like made me realize it. But I was like, "Are we starting with dinosaurs? Is that what Dude, we're I doing was here?" So in. I, I was, was so, so about in. it though. I was like, "Let's see. <laughs> All right, where are you gonna go? I'm here, Justin. I Take me on your adventure." Was in like it was insane. <laughs> All right, so let's get to the best of the Fast and Furious franchise. We're gonna go backwards now and start looking at our favorite moments from all the previous films. We've broken it down into a few different categories. Some of the things that we like best about these movies, um, the fighting, the car stuff, all the little characters that come in and out of your life that you just love hanging out with. We're going to rank all of them and talk about all of our favorite moments. Where we're going to start is the best of the Fast and Furious cars. Now, I don't mean the cars themselves because we're not gearheads. I don't think we could talk about this Wish I could. intelligently yeah. <laughs> at all. No. I don't. I don't. I don't know anything about these cars. I know there are some people that can talk cars very easily. They go fast. Uh, yeah, and I, furious. 
in yeah, this that's what's important. All we really to need day. to know. I yeah. mean, they always make jokes about the cars, but that just goes in one ear out the under. Like pff, it's gone. I like you just said any, the name of that car, and I'm, I will no. say anything that Dominic Toretto drives, I want. Is it, it's a Dodge Charger? That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, he, it's, it, yeah it's got to be a Charger. I'll always remember that because of what he keeps telling Brian's kid. He's like, "You're gonna, you're gonna." It's Jack, right? His kid's name is Jack. He's like, "Yeah, yeah Jack, you're gonna be driving a Charger. Don't you, don't you lie to yourself." Because <laughs> you know what? He's right. Because I don't even know what Brian O'Connor's car is anymore. It's blue, usually. It's blue, usually. Uh, yeah, we know that. Which it's blue and it's foreign and it's all souped up. That's that's what it is. It's usually a Mitsubishi. I think Skyline is sure. If you go on the Wikipedia's, there's like a lot of detail about the cars. All right. Up until like Fast Six, where they're just like, ah, who the fuck cares anymore? Listen, I might not give a shit about cars whatsoever, but I do love this franchise. But I do have yeah, to say, I can give a shit about cars. So. With the car stuff, we're going to go through our favorite races, chases, stunts that involve the cars. And I'm going to start by going in chronological order, just picking out a few, and then you guys can add on at the end. Um, The first one I want to do is from The Fast and the Furious, the first one. There's a lot of great car stuff, and it was a lot simpler at this point because the first Fast, Fast and Furious movie was basically just point break with illegal street racing. Yeah, they they cop to that, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I I think it's brilliant. Like, I don't care at all because Point Break is amazing and so is The Fast and the Furious. Uh, The one scene that I want to pick out is the final 18-wheeler heist at the end where they're trying to jack the DVD players. Mm -hmm. That scene is so tense and so awesome, and it sets up up a couple things that, like, start to happen throughout the rest of the franchise. So one of them, you get Brian O'Connor jumping from a moving vehicle onto another moving vehicle something that just then has to happen in pretty much every movie afterwards so he jumps onto the truck to try and save vince and then the other one that's so cool and that like this was the lasting thing that stuck with me from the first movie is when letty goes underneath the 18 wheeler and like changes sides to try and go rescue vince yeah. That that shit's so epic. I love that scene so much. Oh no, the scene because it's like one of the most tense scenes too. Because you see whatever the fuck it is that wire that's wrapped around Vince's arm, and you just see it cutting into his arm, and you're just like, oh my god, what are you going to do? And there's a man with a fucking shotgun just pointed right yeah. at you. Uh, you know, finally these truck drivers have figured out their scheme and have come prepared. They're not here to fuck around anymore, and uh, they're not ready for that. The fast team isn't ready for that. The Toretto family is not ready for that right now. And, I mean, you know, you do have to I'm really... Sorry, just thinking about where they have gone from there. Like, <laughs> one man with a shotgun versus armies now. Well, and, and listen, you got to start somewhere. But yeah, what yeah, this right. movie did allow is to show off some really cool driving without any really, really like, CGI help whatsoever. And to see yeah. the move that you're talking about where Letty's going underneath the car. I mean, she's got underneath the 18-wheeler. She's the only one that does that, man. I mean, that one is always a memorable scene. It's definitely for the top of mind for me as well. But what I will say is I do kind of love the scene, though, where Dom and O'Connor are racing again but narrowly avoid getting hit by the train, which, yes, that isn't edited as well, or at least, like, that uses, like, I think a little bit of CGI just to kind of get the way it, for it to look right. It's probably. I feel like that side sh- wide shot where they, like, right. cross the tracks, Yeah, that... It, when it's in like slow mo, I feel like that's got to be some CGI assistance. Um, but I love that. But scene. yeah, that that, that yeah. final quarter mile is 
incredible. Like, so good. And to have it lead to Dom just not paying attention. And this doesn't happen very often. You know, obviously, and we don't let it happen ever again, it kind of seems. It's like that's (laughs) the one time, then Diesel says, because he's not looking. And he crashes right into another truck and does a barrel roll over O'Connor's car. Like So sick. What the fuck? So sick. (laughs) It's so dope. It's awesome. Uh, Yeah, that last quarter mile, and I really like how it just kind of flows because it goes from that truck heist straight into them being chased by Tran and Tran's, like, sidekick, Johnny Tran. Yeah on the motorcycles and then it goes to that final quarter mile race between Brian and Vin. And then you get the emotional ending where he hands him the keys like that whole, it's like 35 minutes. The last 35 minutes of that movie. It's fucking perfect. I love it so much. I forgot. And and this is shame on me. I forgot how good the original fast and the furious is, you know, just the original, just the first one, the first one, because I forgot that even when I saw it in movie theaters, I was like, fuck. Yeah. It was good. But then didn't Triple X came out, and then, like, and then I just kind of, like, I just fell off. Well, Vin yeah, Diesel but, started you know, getting like, the same. He already went over that. Machine. He did, but then. With the exception of Pitch Black, which we all know how I feel about Pitch Black. Well, it's part of the reason you are here right now, is your vociferous <laughs> defense of Vin Diesel as an actor, because I know I shit on him, and you know what? I'm walking back a lot of those comments. I love Vin Diesel so much. As you should. Mark Sinclair, baby. <laughs> so the second one that I want to do is... Obviously, these movies are not as well loved, but I do want to give a quick shout out to Too Fast, Too Furious because I do love this one scene. There's a scene where Brian and Roman and, you know, it's super important to introduce their character dynamic because Roman's then one of the best parts of the movie. So you at least have to give Too Fast, Too Furious some shine for introducing Tej and Roman as characters. We need those characters for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So they're super important. And the scene where Brian and roman have to race these two kind of muscle head car guys um for pink slips because they're trying to get more cars for this job and they're doing kind of a relay style race where roman goes down and then he comes back and then brian goes and roman puts them in a pretty big hole because the guy kind of like shifts a sign into the way and like roman swerves off the road and so Brian's solution to this on his leg of the race is to just play chicken with the guy. So he just drives straight at his car and forces him to go off the road. And then they win the muscle cars. And it's just one of the like best racing sequences, like pure racing. Uh, I really like that. And I wanted to just put some shine on Too Fast, Too Furious because I know we're not going to talk about it all that much. Yeah, but I, I really do another, love that scene. I don't have another suggestion for you. <laughs> I agree. It's a good scene. It's really tense. I mean, it's nice to have a game of chicken where someone actually has to, like, you know, chicken out, which I guess when you get to later movies of which, you know, we'll discuss, some people don't chicken out. Nope. No. That's a great scene, too. I know what Sean's talking about. Oh, there's two of them, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it just establishes, like, how ballsy Brian really is. Like, he... He doesn't give a fuck. He's just coming at you and he's doing whatever it takes to win the race, steal the money, whatever it happens to be. Brian, Brian's your guy. You needed Brian to kind of solidify his ability and also his, yeah, his his dedication to what they're doing, even though he does go back to being a cop. But you needed to kind of cement Brian as that wild one because you need to show how valuable of a player he is to the team and how much he's able to kind of hold them together at some point. 
Yeah. And then how much he then has to sacrifice to like take a step back from this life because he loves it so much. So it does a lot of that. I really enjoy it. It does good character building for him in this one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So I wanted to give that one a quick shout. The next one is Fast Five, the Rio bank heist. Yeah. 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 I I mean, I don't like what I what else are you going to fucking say? Like, I mean, other than a lot of it's practically done. Yeah, that's the most absurd is that they use an actual vault. I think that's one of the things that people don't understand about these movies, and one of the reasons why I find them extremely fascinating is that a lot of their stunt work from five and on, they tried to do as much practical effects work as they could. Like, like they said, like, 90% of the stunts are done practically with CGI enhancements. Yeah. And then 10% are just, like, CGI. But, like, that's insane and almost unheard of in, like, any kind of, like, franchise now. I mean, forget even how they accomplishment, the execution, and just sort of the, the final result of it. You literally, number one, you've got two cars that are just trailing behind them a gigantic fucking bank vault. It is taking out almost the entire of downtown Rio. And when a vault is taking out other banks, other buildings with people in them and running away, maybe everyone survived. But we don't even discuss that. We don't even to touch no, on that. We don't time. need to know. Important. It's not it's important time. whatsoever whether Listen. there's fatalities at all. What we need to know is that they're trying to get away with a vault that they then start using as a fucking weapon against all of the cops that are coming after them. Yeah, we're not looking in the rear view in this movie. Well, a little we're bit. You want to see where the vault is and where everyone else is. But yes, I understand what you're saying. We're not, yes, metaphorically. Yeah, I mean, it's so cool the way that they weaponize this vault and then one of the main things that I think is so fun and it's kind of an inversion of like the heist movie because in heist movies, it's often like you get this really tense scene where they're like working on the vault, you know, like uh, Michael Mann's thief where there's this right. epic scene where they're like breaking down the vault in this movie. They're like, we don't have time to spend in this police station with the actual safe. We're so we're just taking it safe. with us. We are taking it with us and we'll fucking deal with this later. That's their solution. And I fucking love that so much. And then like the reveal at the end where, you know, the rock opens, opens the safe and it's empty. And then they do the little like reveal with the trickery and how they switched it. And then they open the heist back at the lair. And like, that's the most convinced I've ever been about like the joy of getting that much money. They were so stoked. They had plans. They all knew what they were going to do with it. <laughs> no, the way that it's weaponized. And then the other thing, too. So going back to also with the making of it. One, you use an actual fucking safe. Or, well, not an actual safe, but, like, a structure, like, a, a, an object that was going to be used in this. They put a fucking truck in the middle of that thing. They cut out the middle of it sort of thing so they could fit the thing in it. You know, they, they just glued, well, they glued it back together or whatever. Not glued it, but, like, you know, you, you, you worked it back together to make it a smaller truck. And then they had to figure out how to get the stunt guy that was in the middle driving it not to pass out, which is the most absurd part because they said it got up to 190 degrees inside of that thing. So they brought in dry ice and apparently that took all the oxygen out so he couldn't breathe. He just kept passing out. So they had to, they had to do some workarounds to figure that out. That's absurd. That is insane to me. God bless stunt people, man. I mean, For real. I mean, they make these movies. Like, yeah. I love all the characters, obviously, all the actors. Like, I have very deep appreciation relationship with them but like these movies don't exist without the stump yeah, people Jack and like Hill. it's Absolutely. crazy yeah no it's insane no that one i will say that there's one stunt in fast and furious 5 that i thought was fake is that scene where um they're going off the cliff and paul walker's character is running up the the truck 
Oh, oh that's in Furious 7, though. Furious 7. That's sorry, Furious 7. One, sorry. So that's the one. We're, we're getting there. But in terms of Fast 5, if, we can, if we're going to stick on Fast 5 just for a second, the opening scene, of course, with the bus breaking Dom out, that's, that's a pretty dope scene. The scene with the train. Like, sick. So sick. For fucking A, man. That I'm was, trying to figure out the was, physics um, of this because, like, uh, like... It was very Fury Road before Fury Road. They fucking... Yeah. They dropped off, like, a 300-foot cliff and yeah. survived. Not a scratch. They, like... Well, so, number one, Brian jumps on... Like, J- Brian is on the train. They, they This whole situation, this heist of these cars, kind of went awry. Um, they're being chased by the DEA, killed some of the agents. I'm not sure after those DEA agents got killed that Dom didn't run him over on the way out from the train. I've been wondering that after every every time I've watched it. I, I feel like he must have like kind of added a little kick to a dead body sort of situation there. But so anyways, Brian needs to get off of this train because the, the, the bridge is coming and he jumps on the Dom's car, not knowing that they're about to hit a cliff, but Dom has been ready for this cliff. And Dom's entire solution is let's drive off the fucking cliff. And before they hit the done. before they hit the water, that is when they jump out. It slows now them is down. that to have prov- it slows them down? Is that what it was? Yeah. Is that for uh, that? That's what my it thought makes was. Makes sense in my head. It seems improbable though. It seems it makes sense in my head because then you're jumping off something at a slow at a slower rate. That maybe? is my thought with I'm it too. But but I I don't know. I need Corey, a scientist I mean, to watch these movies. I need they, a physics. I need a physicist to watch these movies. And tell me what's plausible and not plausible. Corey, if you're driving off a 300-foot cliff, is this the way to execute a landing? I guess if you're driving off a 300-foot cliff, but, like, there's really no good way. So, like, this is just the best way. (laughs) (laughs) And I really don't give a shit. Like, just drive off a cliff. Like, this is what I was talking about, too, is, like, in that scene, I'm not taken out of the movie and I'm not, like, no, that that was silly. I was just, like, that sick. Thank God they survived. In F9 a little bit, I was, like, okay, that's kind of silly. Like it took me out of it, and Fast Five, it never happens. Listen, like I no was, matter how implausible the only it is. Times I was out of the movie in Fast Nine was that the guy next to me was vaping in my face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's acceptable. Uh, so the last one I want to go to is Furious Seven, and there's a lot of great car scenes. I want to give a quick shout to when they drive a car through multiple buildings in Abu Dhabi. Oh, that is incredible, <laughs> dude! All right, that is mine. Like that's my nomination. Because I remember watching that going, they fucking did this? Like, I I, I think this is predominantly CGI, right? Like, well, this is... Well. Oh. It is one of those moments where it's predominantly CGI. They did it on a stage, but they recreated all the levels of the Dubai building. And when the cars come crashing through and all the driving scenes, they're all real. That's fine. Which, That's all I need. A, it's on a green screen <laughs> studio, but a lot of it is recreated, ex- like, practically. The CGI is done so well in this scene to me. I just believe they drove cars off. Like uh, it, there was yep. a part of me that really just wanted to believe that they did this. This is a thing they did. Yeah, I, I I didn't care one bit. I was like, yep, they drove the cars through the buildings in Abu Dhabi. That's fucking sick. They, they uh, I mean, that one's so good. Yeah. But my favorite one is when they're trying to save Ramsey from that kind of convoy. So this sequence is multiple things. There's so many things happening. The first thing is they drop the cars out of a plane Uh, with parachutes. uh, They land them on the road. Then you get the typical Brian. Brian jumps from one moving vehicle to the next to break Ramsey out of the car. He throws Ramsey onto Dom's trunk because that's what you do. They save Ramsey. Great. 
This is not really a car sequence, but I just want to shout it out because it's important to the next thing that we get to. Brian then gets in a fight with Tony Ja, yeah. who is one of the great fucking movie fighters of all time. I love this Greatest dude so much. Of all time, on screen martial artist. Yeah, Ong Bak is so fucking good. The Thai warrior movies, I yeah. love them, and The Protector, so sick. We should do a Tony Ja series at some point. I would love to. I love Tony Ja so much. Um, but they get in a fight. You know, Brian loses the fight and gets left on the thing, and Tony Ja does like the too slow thing, which then comes back. So Brian's trapped on this like truck that is careening off of a cliff, and he has to escape and he's running up the bus truck thing. I don't know as it's slipping off the cliff and you know, he's not going to make it. So the solution is Letty fishtails her car all along the side of this cliff. And Brian just grabs the spoiler on the end of it and gets like launched off and he's saved. And then Letty's only reaction is to get out of the car and just go, you good. That's it. I'm sorry. (laughs) Like, number one. Can we talk about that stunt for just a second? Please. Yes, please. please. I want that. I yes. thought that was, like, completely going to be full CGI, but that was a practical stunt. That's absurd to me. Look it up. It's How incredible. It's a stunt actor running up this car. Like, it's all, like, wired. Like, it's not moving or whatever. But, like, it's all done practically all the way to, up to the stunt driver, I think, grabbing the car. That's insane. Yeah. Because I literally thought that had to be CGI yeah. because of the way they executed that. That makes me so happy. I mean, that is one of my favorite scenes. That is one of the most memorable fast scenes for me because that is one I will always recall because I'll even be like, I don't even know a fucking movie. I don't care. It could have happened in any of the movies because it's always a possibility that's going to be. But I will say is that the reason why it's perfect is is because the fight scene before that is so good, as you mentioned. It's super tense. It doesn't end and it goes on forever and it just lets Brian do his fight scenes, which he's kind of fucking great at. Um, whoever is doing Hold those, on. whether it's Paul Walker or Stunt Guy. Let, but me, let me just show you. For it to end that way, my word. That just heightens that scene more for me already. For like, the viewers, I just showed uh, Andrew a clip of the actual scene being shot. That is one of my favorite action scenes ever in a movie. Yeah. It's 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 just it's iconic to me in so many ways. Ah, it's so And good. it's the whole it's the whole sequence from the dropping cars off of a goddamn plane yeah. into that. Yeah. And then it ends with Dom escaping by just driving his car off of a cliff <laughs> and crashing it. Like on purpose, Yes, and just crashing it. it. <laughs> it's insane. It, that that whole sequence is just it's incredible. I love yeah. it so much. The amount much. of crashing on purpose that Dom does throughout yeah. this franchise <laughs> is hilarious. But it's always on purpose. It's never, never by accident. No, he. Right. There's nothing this man does by accident. I that that's the Fast and the Furious Seven is one of my is my favorite until Fast and the Furious Nine. That is, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, it's one of my. But that that yeah, there's a lot of crashing on purpose. But one of my favorite parts in that movie is the chicken race with with Jason Statham. Where oh yeah, where they just crash right into each other, and I always thought that that scene was super like I know it's like so like Fast and the Furious, but it's like it's a total pissing contest. It too. is, but it's also you learn so much about Jason Statham's character at that point. It's a Deckard, Deckard Shaw. You learn so much Deckard about Shaw. Deckard in that moment. We were like, he's not fucking around. No, like he's going to meet you everywhere you go. It's accurate. And he's going to drive his car head first into you, whether you're in a car, whether you're, yeah. <laughs> doesn't that's matter. A, that's he a has lot almost... of information you're getting about the character in just one action, even though it's like a very 
Fast and the Furious action. Like, it's like, I'm coming for you no matter what. That's all I have. Do you guys have any other scenes from any of the movies that you want to shout out real quick? I've got one. Car scenes? Yeah. Car scenes, specifically. Do you want to go first? You first, good. Okay, so I'll go with the one that I have. This is the one that, it might be my favorite. I don't know why, because it's the most intense for me, and I'm just, I put myself in Dom's shoes. It's... It's it's in the um, it's in Fast and Furious the fourth installment. I think this is the opening scene when they're, they're stealing, stealing from the gas truck. They're stealing from the gas truck. Now, one, it you get to see Letty basically almost do the entire operation, like pulling off some badass cliffhanger moments in this as well. I mean, it's so awesome. You get a really cool introduction. I mean, is this the introduction to Santos and Leo or? It's the first time we see them, and it's also the first time that we see Han back because right. <laughs> we thought he died in Tokyo Drift, but then he's just there, and then you realize, oh, we're, we're operating on a different timeline. This is before the events of Tokyo Drift, I Which, guess. This, that's the one part where you're like, oh, oh, oh okay, all right, so we're backwards now is, is kind of what's happening. Yeah, so exactly. You respond. And it's really, all right, you know, they go through the whole thing. It doesn't work out. They're not successful in this. Like, let's be no. honest here. They are in no way successful here. However, it just includes a great scene where, you know, Dom has to re- uh, rescue Letty. Letty gets in the car with him. The truck the truck driver has taken him and his, what is it, iguana? It's some sort of reptile. It's takes, an iguana. Takes it with him and just barrel rolls out of the truck. So the actual, like, truck itself is gone. Or it's a truck bed. I don't know what we call it. Now the actual tank has let loose and is now rolling at them on fire. And Dom times it perfectly, scaring the shit out of Letty for a moment, and is able to go underneath it just at the right time and to then squeal out, fishtail, and stop the car to then watch the thing just roll down and, and, and fall and explode. I That was one of the tenser moments in the entire franchise for me. Watching it again, I fucking loved it. I agree. I love that scene. I think it's really, really tense. And like, I don't think the rest of the movie is as good as that. But as far as an opening being like, yo, we're back after Tokyo Drift. Like, I was like, yeah. Yes. Sick. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's a little bit different now, by the way. Yeah. I will say the one shout out I would give car stunt wise again is the opening to Fast and Furious 8 with the wrecking ball Mm. that they did all practically. That, That wrecking ball is like destroying 18 cars in a row as they're driving is insanity to me. I mean, yeah, yeah, that one's great. And I think later on in the movie, I do think the chase on the ice. Yeah. It's entertaining as hell. Yeah. I lo- like, especially with Roman having to go underneath well, the water and somehow practical. Tej. They just built the ice. Ring. Like it's not real ice, but like they built the set on a real, in a real place. And that whole, that whole sequence is like shot practically not in the studio. What is it? They're going to flank us fucking Hobbs comes in with his bulldozer of a vehicle and just goes, no, they won't. (laughs) Yeah, it's great. I mean, there's so many great ones that we could also shout out. I do really like the tunnel chase sequence in Fast and Furious 4. Like, that's cool. That one's awesome. Um, And then how they they recreate it where Brian, like, guesses perfectly and is able to do it again. Ah, it's... Yeah, it's great. There's so many great ones. I I really like Fast and Furious, by the way. I think that is a great one. I think the fourth installment is a great movie, but, you know. All right. Yeah, no, but there's so many good, there's so many great car scenes. You know, these are our favorites. Do you have a favorite out of all of the ones that we said? The literally Fast and the Furious 7, the entirety of it. (laughs) (laughs) 
I agree. Furious Seven has, I mean, between the Abu Dhabi sequence and the Letty saving Brian off the cliff, like the that, go, that's man. it for me. The, from the word go with Jason Statham's Deckard's Warner, where they introduce him and he's like revealing. Oh, in the hospital? Everyone in the hospital. Like that, that alone was, I was like, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> I gotta say, I think it's the one that always, it, like, it, it, and it is Fast and Furious Seven. It's, it's the fucking towers. Yeah. Everything about that, I just remember the first time watching that, and even the second time, just being like, "What are you doing? How are what you doing the this? Fuck? What in the living fuck are you doing?" <laughs> and then it ends with Dom like just narrowly going over the edge of the window while the car flies out. Like, what? Yeah. Oh my god! I like I, you could play that scene over and over for me again. I mean, in terms of like execution, the vault scene is something else. The or the safe scene is something else. But nothing got me more like the like the the tower scene. Yeah, I agree. I love Furious Seven. Uh, let's go to some fights now, which is another key aspect of the Fast and Furious franchise. I again have isolated a few, um, and I'll go through them, and then you guys can shout out a few at the end. The first one I want to go with is not really a great fight scene but it's super duper important to the whole series after it so i had to include it it's when brian fights vince outside of the toretto deli (laughs) yeah i mean it's important to it i agree with you there isn't much to it but it's it is very important as it goes on because as it's been pointed out vince was right like he wasn't yeah. wrong in his assumptions here at all brian was a cop like (laughs) i mean he kind of yeah. was in the right here. Vince was absolutely in the right, and I think that gets swept under the rug. And I want to just point out how right Vince well, was. There's it, also I don't think it's swept under the rug because they bring it back in Fast Five. But it's I mean, real and brief, and then like, he dies like 15 minutes later. And I'm just like, come on, man! Vince oh was right God. all along, and you're just gonna kill him again? God damn I really it! Like the yeah. little note to Vince in Fast and the Furious Nine, though, that was really nice. I, I remember it. What was it? Oh, it's just a younger version of him standing in the racing. Oh yeah. It's it's very clearly Vince. Yeah, right. Yeah, when they do the flashback, you see old or you see young Mia, young Letty, right. young Jesse, yeah, young Vince. You know who you don't fucking see, and it fucking pisses me off. Who they've scrubbed Leon out of this entire franchise, and I don't what? understand it. Who all right? Who played Leon? <laughs> I don't know, but I don't care. I just want Leon back. All right, let's we'll, someone bring me Leon. Back. We'll talk about that in the end because well, I, I want to know why they did him. Why we were just like, all right, we're just excommunicating this character from the entire franchise. Like, yeah, first one and done. Yeah, um, but that fight scene, I love it. I think the Dom character introduction, where he's like in the back and he's kind of shrouded in mystery, and then he turns around and because they're calling him out to like break out the fight, and he just goes, "Yo, what'd you put in that sandwich?" The awful great character introduction that that get recalled later on of course yeah i love that scene so it's not the best fight scene but like i think it's super important so i just wanted to bring it up real quick can we talk about something real quick sure absolutely uh, what the fuck happened to that market like i mean did they just ditch it entirely is it just we're just gonna close it down we're we're high stakes criminals now i think so i mean they were like yeah, man. After that truck heist, they're criminals. They're wanted. They can't just come back to the shop. How were they not criminals beforehand? That was the whole point of the first one. That's why we caught. even got the point break they scene. They didn't get caught. Well, they didn't know yet. That was just their front. Shitty fucking front. <laughs> so the next one I want to nominate is from Fast and Furious 6. We're jumping ahead a little bit. And it's when Letty fights Riley, who is played by Gina Carano. 
I know we hate Gina Carano right now, but this scene fucking rules. Uh, she actually fights her twice in the movie. There's the one at the end well, um, when they're on the plane. Gina Carano hates herself. <laughs> so there's the one on the plane at the end um, where Letty is now on the good guy's side and Riley has flipped. But then there's the one at the beginning. That's the one I want to talk about is yes. the subway fight. Yes. Where we still think at this point that Letty is on the bad side. We think Riley is a good a good guy, so to speak. Um, and they fight in the subway. And I like two things about this. I love when Letty takes the handcuffs and starts using them almost like brass knuckles. I think that's so cool. Yeah. And then the other really cool part is they intercut the Riley Letty fight with Han and Roman fighting Joe Taslam, who is now famous for being Sub-Zero in Mortal Kombat. But they also, so all these things are going on at once. There's like multiple fights and they're intercutting them. It's so fucking cool. I love that scene so much. No, that's, yeah. I mean, when it comes to the two scenes, I mean, I did, I, I of course had in my notes too. And I'm like, uh, it's, you know, in terms of Letty moments, this is great. She literally fights Gina Carano twice or Riley uh, once on either side. That is awesome. I really love that they did that. Yep. But yeah, if we're going to go for one, it's a subway scene. One, because also it just has the most. It's very lovely. It's very well done. It's not drawn out is the word, but it's longer. And it's able, it allows Gina Carano to show off her stuff more. And it allows Letty to be like, continuing to prove why she is one of the greatest action characters of all time, which of course we'll discuss, but like... She, her fight scenes are just phenomenal and this is this is the top this is my, one of my favorites of hers i think yeah and it just shows that like letty can hold her own against whomever because after she's like in this really precari- precarious position where gina has her on the ground and she's kind of like choking her out she escapes and then proceeds to throw riley down a fucking flight of stairs oh, absurd yeah gina Carano. <laughs> yeah i know she had she had it all she could have had it all She's not the greatest actress, but she's such a great on-screen actor, mm-hmm. fighting-wise. Uh, stunt actor, that is. Yeah. Which is the biggest disappointment, I would say. I don't know what to say about it other than I really love most of the fight scenes in Fast and the Furious. I don't think fight scenes are their strength, with the exception of Fast and the Furious 8, I think has some of the most exceptional fight scenes. In terms of, like, most of the fight scenes, I mean, a lot of the ones where it's Dom versus whomever mm-hmm. are generally good. I think most of the Letty fight scenes the Letty fight are scenes really are phenomenal. Michelle Rodriguez is great. Yeah. And no, exactly. And actresses that's it's doing, that's doing some of it is also great. But, yeah, I mean, the Ronda Rousey fight is really good, too. It's not even that she just fights Ronda Rousey. She fought off an entire army before she gets to Ronda Rousey. Yeah. Yeah, and I love how they just did that. They were basically like, all right, so who is the best women's MMA fighter right now? We're going to cast her, we're going to bring her in, and then Letty's going to fight her. That's what we're doing. I would like to know if this was an offer that was ever extended to either Chris Cyborg or Nina, or uh, not Nina Nunez, I'm sorry, Amanda Nunez. And whether- bring Amanda Nunez in for the all female fast movie that we're getting next. Oh That's what I God. want. And I think she could do it too. I think she'd be great. We need to get Amanda Nunez in there with throwing some hands. Yeah, I agree. Let's bring Amanda Nunez in. Uh, the next one I want to talk about real quick is Furious Seven. The opening, it's not the opening scene because that's when uh, oh, Deckard the, Shaw goes the, through the hospital. Yeah, Deckard but the opening the fight rock? scene where he fights the Rock. Oh, so good. 
That it's is so again, good. That's another really great character moment because Hobbs at this point is the toughest motherfucker in the series. Yeah. And then he fights Deckard and gets wrecked. He gets broken. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Puts him out of the whole movie. Pretty yeah. much. He essentially gets him out of the whole movie. Shout out to The Rock flexing out of his cast at the end of the movie, by the way. Oh, everything about that was great. I did wonder about the leg cast because he didn't flex out of that, but that's <laughs> neither here nor there. It's really important that we also note that The Rock rock bottoms Jason Statham through a fucking table. It's the first time he does it in this <laughs> series because he does it later. In, we copied in... that shot in Meet Cute. Oh, did you really? Way. Like, you know where, like, the camera turns as he's picking him up? Yeah. And, tur- and, and as he's slamming? When our, uh, in Me Cute, when he does the dance move where he goes up on, on the wall, we got that from Just the Furious oh, 7. Oh, <laughs> that's pretty dope. Dude, that shot that. is so sick, the way they kind of flip the camera around yeah. and do the side angle while exactly. he's putting him through the table. They do this so a couple sick. times, too, because they did it with Dom, I think, at one point as well, or it might have been another time where, where The Rock That's was fighting. Exactly what but I'm talking about, yeah. Yeah, where they're, like, spinning it around. I do know what you're talking about in terms of the, the camera angle in which you use, which yeah. is really dope. Um, yeah, it's the second time he does it, because I believe in Faded and the Furious, when they're fighting off a bunch of the other, like, I think it's, like, cops or whatever, henchmen, he rock bottoms into a fucking railing. Um, so, like, yeah, I just, a lot of the rock fights in this are also fucking phenomenal, but this one in particular, the one versus Shaw, yeah, this one rivals the, the first Letty versus Riley fight for me. So the last one that I want to nominate as far as a fight scene goes is Deckard Shaw in the Fate of the Furious. This isn't a typical fight scene. Uh, it's more of like a John Wick style gun fighting scene. Oh, talking about the one, the plane? Oh, on the plane. The plane at the end where he's saving Dom's baby and he's yeah. doing like gun Olympics while the baby is in the baby carrier and just fucking hashtag dad That's goals. Like so, so sick. So what I was saying, like fast fate of the furious has some of the best fight scenes in general. Yeah. Like the, the prison fight scene is incredible. I think like, and the extended version of that, like which is in the Blu-ray is even better. Like, mm-hmm. and then that plane fight is awesome. It's one of the most. Uh, it's I love it. Yeah. I, the only the only knock I have against it is that I wish it was one continuous scene and that we didn't have the other stuff that was going on at the same time where oh, Don mean, is like trying to get a hold of, of yeah. yeah, where he's trying to get a hold of Cipher or like they're going after the that's where they're going after the sub at this part that like you know that we're not right. Am I wrong in that? No, you're totally right. Yeah, it, it's I intercutting wish, between the actions, and I agree with you. I wish it was just like that. Let's stay with that for a while. Because it was so funny, too. So it sick. Inter- it interjected humor in so many good moments because it was just like Jason Statham just has this really good ability to kind of keep the same level. Like, you know he's serious. Either way, you know he's about to kill someone, but at the same time, he's able to throw in a quick joke where you just be like, huh. Oh, like you, you kind of have to chuckle to yourself a little bit. And it's almost every time that he's checking in on the kid and how the kid somehow is always just like, you good? And the kid just like raises his arm and just laughs and I'm just like, this is amazing. Everything, great, like, everything about it's great. Great infant acting. I've never, I, I, it's so convincing. You're going to shoot a, at a baby? <laughs> it's so great. I love it. Can I the one thing I do want to mention and 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 I, and I and I and I and I would be remiss if we didn't mention it. I guess this kind of belongs more in the car scenes, but just because we are on Fate of the Furious, the most anxiety I think I've had in a movie is when Cypher is able to unlock the safety features on all of the cars. 
and they are not only just crashing into each other and somehow just being controlled on the road and just crashing into other people, which, by the way, that might be one of the most terrifying things if I were to ever experience that. I just, zombie I, cars? Yeah, zombie cars. I want nothing to do with that. To then have them fall out of fucking skyscrapers and it's just like, what are you going to do? Like, what, how are you avoiding this one? There's nothing you can do. That is one of the, the most badass. That got it got near heat kind of style. I felt too, where you had Dom on top of the car dressed in that mask like that. It was just it's fucking crazy. And the fact that that was all taking place in the middle of New York City, and like they shot it in New York City, like what in the actual fuck? I just don't get it. But I don't either. understand. I loved it. it. It made me so anxious. Do you guys have any other fight scenes that you want to shout out real quick? I think you got all the ones that I would want. I mean, yeah. I mean, well, the one that we didn't mention, I think, is actually the one that really gave me the feel, like the, that where I like when it happened, I was like, "Fuck yes!" It's the first fight between Dom and Hobbs. It's where they finally get to blows, and it's like that too. Like you know, you mentioned before, no one's going to lose. It was a great fucking fight. I loved every minute of it. Like it's it's so tense. It's just it is like the perfect fight. I don't know. Actually, that and the one with Shaw on top of the rooftop. That's also a really good fight scene as well between Dom and Shaw. Dom's got yeah, some really Furious good fight seven. scenes as well. Yeah, in Furious 7. Yeah, out of these, which is your favorite, Micah? Which one do you like the most? Fast and Furious 8, the airplane sequence is my favorite of all of them. And then the speaker, like the the prison sequence are my, fa- my, my second favorite. And then my third would have to be Hobbs versus Deckard in Fast and Furious 7. That's mm. my third. That's really good. I I agree with you. I think the plane sequence, you know, the fate of the furious is also kind of down towards the bottom for me, but that plane sequence might be one of my favorite scenes in like the whole franchise. It's, it's so good. It's so funny. It's so tense. Like the way that they kind of use the John wick stuff with the gunfighting. It's really, really cool. Yeah. I got to go with uh, Letty versus Riley in the subway. That fight is just so fucking awesome. That is one I want to come back for every single time. And then I would have to say Hobbs versus Shaw in uh, in sorry Fast and Furious Seven or Furious Seven. And um, I would almost go with the Do- uh, the Dom and Hobbs one. But I'm gonna give a quick shout out to it in F9. Han takes on fucking Francis Ngannou. The current heavyweight, UFC heavyweight champion of the world, who knocks people out in mere seconds. That's a lot of help. I don't give a shit if he has a lot of help. Who came out on top? Fucking Han, all right? And I know that <laughs> might lucky. be a spoil, but we know that he... I don't care. He's Very lucky. He had an extremely t- powerful electromagnet on his He side. was taking blows from... Multiple blows from Francis Ngannou and lived to tell the tale. They're superhuman. That's, that's the only way to describe it. So I'm giving a shout out to it. All right. So the next thing I want to go to is the Fast and Furious tearjerker moments. And... You know, one of the things that I think makes this franchise so enduring is what we talked about, where you actually feel a connection to this idea of family and the characters. So, you know, sometimes when they get, you know, kind of wiped out, like it really, it really hurts and it really hits. Um, So the couple that I want to shout out real quick are Jesse dying at the end of Fast and Furious, the first one, the Fast and the Furious, gets gunned down by Johnny Tran. That one hurt. I felt it really hurt. The next one is Han. We think gets killed in Tokyo drift. It turns out he wasn't, but at the end of Tokyo drift, he was the only character that I really loved in that movie. And then they killed him. And I was like, what is happening? 
<laughs> I was so bad at the end of that. Uh, they brought him back and then he dies and comes back like three more times, but whatever. Vince dies mm-hmm. in Fast Five. That was tough. That one was hard. And again, can't stress this enough. Vince was right. He was. <laughs> Vince was absolutely right. He really didn't deserve that hate from Dom. No. No. No, Dom, Dom did Vince dirty. The next one that I want to shout out real quick is in Fast and Furious 6 when Giselle dies. And, Hooray. you know, for me, <laughs> the reason I this hits me is because that's the love of Han's life. Yes. And I love Han so much. Yes. So I am feeling Han's heartbreak. Yeah, that still, That's what's going on with me. Han is feeling, but she's still the worst character <laughs> in the series. <laughs> I mean, that can be true, but like I'm feel I'm I'm looking at it through Han's eyes and I'm feeling heartbroken like Han is. This is where I'm gonna agree with Corey. I, I, I did not like Giselle's character as much or Gal Gadot's character as much. I think you could have done more with that character because she just kind of seamlessly transitioned, which was a little weird. Uh, into sort of being like on their side. I mean, that is a hell of a scene when she goes and and gets herself in with Reyes. But what I do have to give, what I do have to say here is, it, it's Han. It is Han where I'm really feeling for Han because like he doesn't so have much. He he's got, is, he had his good thing going with Giselle, and then the he just only loses it. You care about Giselle is through the male gaze of Han. Yeah, and then I just mentioned the bikini scene. Yeah, all right. So, like, I mean, yeah, her character doesn't offer too much. She's a terrible character. Yes, she is. Okay. I mean, I agree, but again. I just want Han to be happy. I just want Han to be happy. Han <laughs> is happy. He's fucking Han. I don't know. He seemed a little He was happier with moment. Giselle. He seemed really upset in that moment, too. Yeah. He left yeah. for he left to go to Tokyo. He was like, I can't anymore. He's like, I'm out. He didn't know any better yet. Eh. So the last one is the one that's obviously going to win. It is something from Furious 7, but Beam, you want to shout one out that I forgot real quick, so go ahead. I, all right, so it's the scene in Fate of the Furious, which Fate of the Furious, we got. I, I will say, this is the best acting that we got out of Vin Diesel, I think, out of this entire series. Disagree. Because it, Fair. But like, I think it was the most where he had to be the most emotional. I think he actually like did a really good evil arc here uh, quite a bit. But when, we were, when it was revealed why he was making this evil turn, because... Cypher fucking kidnapped his kid and Elena, which, by the way, when was Elena pregnant? All right, never mind. We can move on from that. But either way, now Dom has a baby. Don't try to fight the Toretto timeline. I'm, I'm, I will never will because I know that is a loss because Dom never dies. But his baby mama gets shot in front of his, well, not in front of his son, but in the same room as his son. And his son is not wearing any ear protection whatsoever. I can only imagine what that does to his hearing. Probably deaf. And I don't know. That felt like one of the more emotionally gripping scenes of the entire franchise. I don't disagree with you, but, uh, you know, this is tearjerkers. And honestly, when I leave that scene, I'm not feeling sad so much. I'm feeling like Cypher is a fucking badass. Tom was literally That's crying. What I'm- <laughs> I was crying with him. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I didn't feel much there. I just think that, like, guys are monsters. That character is it's so... Is is I have no attachment to that character. <laughs> That's I'm kind sorry. of the worst part about it, though, is that <laughs> they literally like. They kill, what are we gonna do with the laner? Yeah, I don't know. Let's fucking shoot her. Off, and then Michelle Rodriguez, Letty, and Dom get to have their happily ever after, which I get. It was a necessary evil, but maybe because like, what was the decision to bring Letty back? Like, I don't know where they were like. Oh wait, no, this franchise is actually could be successful, and let's bring her back. But wait, what do we do with the other love interest that we just gave Dom? Well, let's just fucking shoot her in front of her kid. 
it's just going to kind of be in and out for two movies. And then we're going to fucking grill her in the face in front of her child. Hard, hard done by for Elena. So fucked up. But anyways, let's get to the obvious one. We know this one's going to win. Yeah. I mean, it's the end. It's the entire end of Furious 7 where Brian retires and gets his, you know, big send off from the series because Paul Walker himself died and was no longer able to take part. And I don't think I will ever cry to a Wiz Khalifa song again. But I cried to a Wiz Khalifa song that, when I when I watched the scene. Happens in a Fast and the Furious movie, though. Imagine if Marvel did something like that; it just wouldn't work. I, dude, no. I mean, it was it was one of those things where because, like, yeah, you knew what this was. You knew this was the send off, and like, what a beautiful moment! They're at the beach. Tim like, and Mia. Look at the, look at the they're playing with Jack. The, like different franchises have handled that moment. Yeah, where an actor has died. Yeah, and they bring them back. Like Paul Walker's is the best one. Because I, yeah, it, it actually, because he had two brothers. Well, no, around. no, it was about it was about him. It was about mm-hmm. not only was it about Brian, it was about Paul Walker, it right? Was honoring him. Like I think about like how Star Wars kind of like cash grabbed and brought Carrie Fisher back, you know, via CGI right. and stuff. Like, right. Like it was they always, they did that as part of like to as part of the story, right? Like they did it as part of like we need to keep keep Star Wars going. But they did it as a way. It's like Tupac performing yeah. at Coachella as yeah, a hologram. Exactly. But the Paul Walker, the Fast and Furious Seven ending was very much like we want to honor our family, and that felt really important. Yeah. And that's the thing is, it's not just honoring the Brian character; it's honoring Paul Walker himself. So, like, there's so many layers to the emotion here, dude. And honestly, I have to say, I don't know if I totally. I mean, I know like what it was. It was a deleted scene that they use at the end, where they're like, where it's Dom and him driving off, and then they go their separate ways, kind of thing. And dude, that shot though, when you just you're seeing Brian's car, and you're like, oh, like it's sort of one of those like you are reaching your hand out, like, oh no, don't go, there he goes. But then you're like going up into the sun, and it's just like he's he's there now. He belongs to the heavens. I watched this ending with my wife Sarah, who has of course been a guest on this podcast numerous times made up a lot of shit um she she watched this i didn't notice she told me later she she cried she didn't even watch the whole she she is so sick of this fucking franchise but <laughs> cried at the end of that and i i mean i didn't cry i just had chills i was just like oh man that is it is very sad it is tragic to lose someone like that especially in a franchise like this that is so where the characters are all so closely knit and they really truly are a family. Tyrese really drives that home. I think in a lot of his social media posts. Yeah. Like any other, any other movie would have just killed the character off and then moved on without him. And I don't think they want to move on without him. I don't. Honestly, I know you guys really, I know, I know Micah, you love these two movies, but honestly, I feel like what's missing from eight and nine is just Paul Walker. Like there's a massive hole where he should be. And for me, like, that's kind of just what's missing. Like, I I felt so connected to that character and, like, he got the best possible send-off, but it, it's still just, like, a giant hole in my heart. I will say that I really like Jordana Brewster being back in it, though. I do like that they brought her back I in like, a more yeah, emphasized in the new role. one, I really like that she has more of a role because I was – I always complain that the biggest – the weakest link – is her because they're just underutilizing that actor and that character because I think that character could have done could be so much more. Um, and so I was really happy to see her back in F in F nine. Yeah, 
she's she's fucking incredible in Fast Five. So I agree with you. Like, yeah. use yeah. use Jordana Brewster more. She's great. Yeah. I love Mia Toretto. Yeah, yeah. stop um, putting her in the background. But I think the general consensus here. It's the send off. It's the Brian send off that is gotta that be. is the tearjerker winner. I, and I agree with you. The move. The, as much as I love the Fast and the Furious movies, they would be so much better if Brian was still in them. Yeah, I wish we still had. I O'Connor. hate to say that. I yeah. hate to say that because I still love them, but I miss them. I miss them so bad. All right, so let's real quick get to some quick shout outs. We got to wrap up here soon. But I want to shout out some of the bit part characters because there are people that just show up randomly and it's just such a delight. It's something that always brings a smile to my face when someone random kind of pops into the movie for a quick second. Hardy B. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Micah has Cardi B in F9. Like, Cardi B makes a quick cameo like and it is tight. Cardi B in, that, in Fast and the Furious 9. Beam, do you have a quick bit part? That you want to shout out that you love? I don't want to steal yours. You do got to give the job rule. He's racing for a threesome and doesn't get it. <laughs> and he's been fighting for that. Like he was that. fighting for that threesome for so yeah. long. What does he say? Like he shouts. And it's just, it's just so much. Monica. Monica. <laughs> like in his job rule voice. Cause he's job rule. <laughs> I, I got to give it to that. That is, that is a great bit part. Uh, it, it, throughout this series, he's, Could you he's imagine fantastic. Imagine if Ja Rule didn't go to jail. Could have had more. Of honestly, yeah. honestly, I love Ja Rule because he has that one line where he's like, "The one thing he knows is it's not how you stand by your car; it's how you drive your car." And I, I just fucking love that. Why did you turn him? Is he from Boston? <laughs> yeah, did you make him into a Boston character? <laughs> Can you just accept that all my impersonations are very it's poor a and? <laughs> They're variations of Hannibal Lecter attempting a Boston accent. That's what they are. We've established this. Ben Affleck joins the Fast and the Furious franchise. I mean, I do want to give a shout out to Jesse, though, too. Um, I know he wasn't a bit character, really. uh, But, man, I really felt for that guy. He made a dumb move. He should not have just ran on his car like that and not just given the car immediately to Tran, but Johnny Tran. But I hated to see him go that way. Felt like we could have done more with him. However, we 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 needed someone like Tej because I think Christopher Ludacris Bridges is fucking perfect in this crew, in this family. But I love Jesse. Yeah, I love Jesse too. Um, my favorite bit part character is Hector. Hector plays a big role in the first movie. He is potentially, you know, one of kind of the red herrings of who Paul Walker maybe needs to be going after. Mm-hmm. Um, but when he shows up in Furious 7, I don't think I've ever smiled more. They go back to Race Wars. Letty is in the middle of a panic attack, and she just knocks out Hector, essentially. <laughs> and his response is, <laughs> his response is, damn, dog. Girl still got that swing, homie. <laughs> and I've never been happier in a movie than when Hector showed up for that quick minute. I love Hector. <laughs> Can we just talk real quickly, though? Real quick race wars like that survived uh, almost the yeah. entire franchise i yeah. understand we're referencing car races but yeah yeah not great dom <laughs> dom here with 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 uh um with letty think we created the race wars i don't know if that's what if you want to go go around bragging about that i don't know if you want to be doing that <laughs> yeah they should have worked that one out in the writer's room uh the last thing i want to do our favorite characters just generally not bit part but who who for you is 
the person you're here for? Who are you most excited to see on the screen when they come up? Well, I'm I'm always excited to see Vin Diesel. Like I am a big Vin Diesel fan. Everyone, Can you please expand because we did touch on it a little bit with Pitch Black, but well, I just think that Vin Diesel is he just he brings a level of sincerity to all his performances that I don't think a lot of actors do. Like even when he's in a comp, he's in he's in this incredible crazy action franchise, right? But he's playing it like he's in running for the Oscars. Yeah. Like he's like he's playing it like a real character. I don't ever feel when I'm watching Vin Diesel that he's like he's hamming it up. He's playing it for real. Like which is the opposite of how I feel. I love The Rock. I grew up watching The Rock my whole life in WWE, WWF. Anytime I feel like I see him on screen, he's playing The Rock. I know, but I love it. I love it too, but don't get me wrong. Like sometimes it'll take me out of it cuz I'm like he's playing the Rock. It's because he actually rock bottom someone. Yes, yeah. but he's playing the Rock. Well, when I see Vin Diesel on screen, I'm like, that's Dominic Toretto. Yep. Accurate. And and honestly, I think he's done. He's made that character so much of his. Yeah. That you just think you don't think of you know uh, Riddick. You don't think of whatever the guy's name is from Triple right. X. You literally think oh, that's Dominic Toretto. That's Dominic Toretto, and you know, he's, or Groot. You know. D- Vin Diesel's in a ton of movies. He's he's, from, he's in a ton of movies ranging from all different genres. Iron Man, yeah, Iron Giant, or Iron Giant. Yeah, yeah. But he's also Whoops. in a great Sidney Lumet film where he plays a a mobster who's representing himself in court, which mm-hmm. is a really good film. I forget the name of it, but uh, Find Me Guilty. Find, well, Find Me Guilty. Yeah, super good. Um, but I think that one of the things I really love about the Fast and the Furious series in general is that it brings a level of sincerity to the movies that yeah you can laugh at. But they're really trying to be the best they can be in this within the limitations of this franchise. And they're trying to give you a good emotional story. Like, it's no secret that everyone knows that, like, my favorite director is James Cameron. Like, I'm a huge James Cameron fan. And I think that man directs melodramas better than anybody else and big budget melodramas. And I know everyone hears melodramas, they think of soap opera, but that's not what it means. A melodrama is just a, a movie with heightened emotional stakes. And when I watch Fast and the Furious, I feel like I'm in a big budget melodrama that I want to, I can laugh, I can cry, I can live through. Fair enough. In terms of my characters, I, I, I don't want, I don't want to take, I don't want to take anyone else's, but there, there is a bit of a tie for me and it's, and it's after F9 here. It's Han. Mm-hmm. And I'll talk about Han a little bit, but I do want to give it also to Roman. I did not care for Roman's character from Too Fast, Too Furious. I didn't really... I thought Tyrese was trying too hard in that. Because he can't carry it as well. He's really good um, as sort of the comic relief throughout these movies. And no better does he do, does he do it than when he is here in F9. And he is just kind of breaking the fourth wall. Like, just kind of looking at the camera almost after every scene. Be like, how ridiculous is this shit? And I think you really need someone like that in in a franchise like this. Han, Han just has that swagger to him. He just has this cool and calmness to him, and he seems like one of the more the like the most reliable guy. He's not going to fly off the handle. He's not going to improvise or do something weird. He's there for the team, and he's going to do whatever it takes. Obviously, he has to take a bit of a break. You know, I think that shows a lot of more human emotion to his character. Of course, they wrote it after the fact, but to bring him to a point where he's like, I got to take a break and goes to Tokyo kind of thing. I kind of like that. A guy that needed the out and took the out and took the break, but came back. 
I liked Han so much that when I found out that Justin Lin had written a movie called and directed a movie called Better Luck Tomorrow and had basically based Han on the character from that movie, whose name is also Han, <laughs> fucking great. And that's also a great movie, too, that... um. Sorry, I'm going to take the quick second to look at his name here. Is it Chang Sung? Sung Kang. Or Sung Kang. Um, Sung Kang, in that movie, a little too aggressive, uh, I think. But maybe he just mellowed out and got you know more mature as he came into the fold with the Fast and the Furious crew. But that character is just fantastic. And the fact that he was given a role, too, where he fought fucking Francis Ngannou, I'm here for it. Yeah, yeah I mean... Mike, everything that you said about Vin Diesel is absolutely right. He is the emotional center of this movie. Everything revolves around him. He is Dominic Toretto. So, like, he has to be up there. He's not my favorite, but, like, these movies don't exist without him. Gotta give a nod to it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I already said that, like, I think there's a giant Brian O'Connor sized hole, giant Paul Walker sized hole in these movies that are coming out now. So, like, obviously, Brian O'Connor is hugely important to me and I love him a lot. Yeah. But my favorite characters are a tie between Letty and Han. I love Letty so much. I think she's so badass. Like everything that I want from these movies are the things that she's doing. I want badass fight sequences in which she kicks ass and she does that. And I want really cool driving sequences. And she, her character is often doing the really cool ones. So I love Letty. I love the way that, you know, they kind of, they wrote her out of the movie, but I like the way that they brought her back. I, I like this amnesia storyline. I like the way that she's kind of kind of find herself. Mm. And I think Michelle Rodriguez like does an excellent job, even in those quieter, more emotional scenes where she's trying to find who she is back in this world. So like she, she does everything for me. I, I love Letty. I think she's amazing. One of the all time greatest action characters. Yeah. My least favorite character is Giselle. So, well, we, you know that. We, we, we know. That I love everybody else, to be honest with you. I love everybody else. Oh, yeah. Han, being exactly what you said, the swagger, um, he just oozes charisma. Like, every time he leans against something and pops some food in his mouth, I'm just like, yeah, that's the fucking coolest guy on the planet, and I want to be friends with him. He somehow does it cooler than Brad Pitt in Oceans. Yeah, I don't know how he does it. He's cooler than Rusty Ryan doing the same Rusty Ryan things, but, like, yeah. just unbelievable i love han if i could be friends with one person in the whole world it would be han he would be the one that i would want to like actually like sit down and have a beer with or wow. whatever yeah absolutely i'll chain smoke cigarettes with him in better luck tomorrow i don't care god damn right all right so that brings us to the end we got to get out of here any closing thoughts on the fast and furious franchise and where we think it's going and what you're looking forward to I just think that the seams are starting to unravel and in the sense that I think that they could just go absolutely batshit crazy if they want and do whatever they want. I think we're there. They yeah. went to space. They're, they're, they're very much in the same spot that like Iron Man when that first came out where it was just like very naturalistic, like real world superhero movie. Right. And then they slowly start introducing new and new elements and now we're full blown universal cosmos hopping superhero movies um i think the fast and furious could do the same thing do you think them melding with the jurassic world i'm in you're in i would i'm literally telling you that if that tease at the end the post credit scene i'm not gonna say what it is right 
is the the opening, the teaser to the Jurassic World spinoff with those two characters. <laughs> I'm fucking in. I was in 65 million years ago when I didn't exist. <laughs> what I want to know, though, is like the the safe, do they weaponize the dinosaurs to their benefit? Have to. Yeah, I mean, if Chris Pratt can control dinosaurs, then Han can control the dinosaurs. <laughs> I'm waiting to see Han... I'm waiting, I'm waiting to see Han dr- drift a raptor. I know I know we're joking here, but like I do want to see. Uh, I would love to see a Jurassic World spinoff. I would say that sky is the limit for this crew, but we just realized they went through the sky and actually into outer space. That's what I'm saying. The only so, thing is the limit is now physics. Physics is the only <laughs> limit. I'm telling you, man. Like this Which series, they already like, defied. They keep, they keep joking about it, but the only thing they could fight against now itself is time. Like, time and space are the only things left for them to conquer. I think the way it's going to end... And by time and space, I literally mean dimensions. I'm talking, like, ripping a hole in the universe. I think the way it's going to end is it's going to be a close-up on an eyeball. And it's that eye is going to... Or, I guess, on its eye, and it's going to open up to reveal the eyeball. And as we zoom out, it's Tyrese, and he's being unplugged from the Matrix. And... (laughs) And this is all just a setup to the Matrix floor. It actually, it's Fast and Furious and Matrix crossover. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Dude, imagine Dom Toretto driving in the Matrix with no rules. He already has no rules. He's the one. He is the fucking one. Dominic, yeah. The version of the one. Move over Keanu Reeves. Move over Neo. It's Dominic Toretto and his great cutoff tease. Damn. I want to watch this movie again. Please. Please. And I, you know what? I'm going to say this, but if if Vin Diesel decides to step away at any point after the 10th one, I think that the characters that we have now could all each do their own movie if they wanted to. I agree. I think you, need, I, I think you need Tej and Roman as a package much, deal, though. Much like a good father, Vin Diesel <laughs> has now put his children on their feet that they can go and do whatever they want. He just put them through college. Yes. All right, so let's wrap up there. It's been a lot of fun talking about the Fast and Furious franchise with you guys. I love these movies so much. It was such a great thing to like look forward to, just this movie coming out and getting back to theaters and watching this big tent action shit in fucking IMAX. Like, just... I, I missed looking forward to movies like that, and this was this was excellent. I missed my ears hurting from the sound of squealing tires and shattering glass. Yeah, I missed I, that. I'm gonna go see the some of the movies, the trailers we saw. I'll probably go see this in theaters. I mean, I might not see GI Joe, but ah, that kind of looked cool. That kind of looked cool. It kind of looked cool. We'll see it with you if you want to go see it. Yeah. All right. Okay. There we go. I, I, I like. Listen, I'm glad that in time for F9, your incessant talking about the Fast and Furious franchise paid off and I finally watched them all I think it was also just the the talk about Vin Diesel and how good he is I mean I, I, you know what I, I, I've said a lot of shit about Vin Diesel on this podcast I stand by a lot of it but what he did with Fate of the Furious and what he did here in F9 I really gotta commend him the man is a fantastic actor I gotta give him more credit than I've ever given him you know, it's a you know fantastic what, you know film Vin franchise. Would do when he heard you say this, he what? He would stand you on your feet, oh, tell you you can stand by whatever you think, and then hand you the keys to his car and wish you a good life. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that is about it for us. Follow us on Instagram at Back Porch Media and Twitter at Porchback Media. 
follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the things, rate and review, all that shit that people tell you to do with podcasts. Micah, anything you want to plug real quick? Um, yeah, of course. Watch my short film, Meet Cute on Dance World on YouTube. Feel free to share it. Uh, if you share it with enough people, I'm sure it'll get me to my goal of directing the Fast and the Furious movie much faster. Yeah. What's uh, what's some handles they can follow you on, man? Oh, I'm oh, I'm at at Micah Azam Khan at, on Twitter and Instagram. So it's Micah A Z A M Khan. Right on. Awesome. Definitely follow him. Dude's got some great shit up his sleeve. Yeah, yeah. I got a bunch of interviews you guys can check out. I've been doing a lot of filmmaker interviews with Movie Maker Magazine. So I got one with Spike Lee up right now. Uh, if you guys know who Spike Lee is, um, he is the director of Do the Right Thing. Um, Who's that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to do, the, yeah. And and uh, never heard of him. <laughs> I just did an interview with the cast of Ted Lasso, um, and then I did another one with Jason Isaacs, Ewan Bremner, and Nick Moran. Um, uh, and then I got a big one coming up that I'm not sure if I can mention yet, but I told you, I told you yes. earlier, and it's a big one. I'm very excited to see what that's going to be about too. Yeah. So. But yeah, definitely follow Micah. It'll be a lot of plot twists. <laughs> um, thank you so much for everyone listening. Go see F9 so then we can then talk to you about how fucking great it was that they actually did go to space. <laughs> and we can all commiserate about Brian O'Connor and how we wish he was still around. Or out of Corona for Brian O'Connor. What a guy. See y'all later. Bye. Bye.